0: Alright, why don't you turn to the book of Daniel, chapter two, please? The message entitled The God of Daniel Rules. In view of the election and everything, I, I I just started thinking about what's going on. The book of Daniel is the backbone to prophecy, revealing to man clearly that God is in full control, even though the affairs of the world are often out of control. God gave to several kings uh, from Nebuchadnezzar on sufficient evidence for them to witness and give testimony to God, the God of Daniel. Some did, some didn't. And so what I want to do is, is look at um, the testimony of two kings regarding the God of Daniel in the first six chapters. And of course, not going to be verse by verse. Uh, which results in four miracles and miraculous events. We're going to look at uh, chapter 2, verse 46 47, the interpreting of the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Then we're going to look at uh, the rescuing of the three Hebrew youths from the fiery furnace in chapter 3, verse 28 through 29. And then the re-establishing of Nebuchadnezzar on his throne after God humbles him as he lives as an animal in chapter 4, verse 34 through 47. And we'll finish up with the delivering of Daniel from the lion's den in chapter 6, 25 through 27. So let's begin here with the interpreting the dream of Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Now, notice again in 46 and 47, Nebuchadnezzar confessed he was uh, before one greater than he, Daniel. Daniel has been groomed, chapter 1, he's come to the court. All of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Nebuchadnezzar, notice verse 46, fell on his face. He put his face on the ground, and he was giving respect to Daniel here. He was giving honor to Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar, it says, prostrated before Daniel. The word prostrate simply means to do homage, indicating the excellence of ability to interpret the dream. Opposed to the magicians, the soothsayers, and all of the uh, uh, the holy men and those of the sorcery. None of them could do it. This placed Daniel, as a priest before God, representing him. His God. Greater than any of the gods that Nebuchadnezzar was serving. Notice still in 46, Nebuchadnezzar commanded that they um, should present an offering, an incense, to him. Now, the command was a visible evidence of the genuineness of his respect and honor. This was a pagan practice. Now, Daniel is not allowing worship of himself. Very important. Look at the text. The words of Nebuchadnezzar reveal this clearly in the next verse. But he recognizes that in Daniel, there is something that there wasn't in any of the others. Daniel did what they could not do. And in fact, as you know, Daniel confesses, it's not in me. He gives the glory to God. Now look at verse 47. Nebuchadnezzar confessed the God of Daniel to be superior to his gods the king declared that the God of Daniel was the head God truly your God is the God of Gods God capital G God's small G because there are no gods at all Nebuchadnezzar declared that God of Daniel as absolute ruler over all gods no one could overrule him no God could could undermine him. Nebuchadnezzar declared the God of Daniel as sovereign with unrestrained authority. Nebuchadnezzar has never heard of a God like this. That's why he has so many gods, because they do different things. Just in case this one doesn't work, you can go to the other one. If you're an ex-Catholic, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, you've got the saints, you've got the virgins, you've got prayer, you've got this, you've got that, you got all kinds of things, right? Your rosary, your scapular, your this and that, just in case. And if that doesn't work, you cross your fingers. Nebuchadnezzar declared the God of Daniel sovereign, unrestrained authority. He acted in all authority. He acted. By independent authority. In other words, he moves and he does as he wills. And the things that go on on earth do not affect him. He is separate from man and from the world he created. Nebuchadnezzar's confession, notice, was not for salvation at this point. It was merely adding the God of Daniel to his many gods. It's one more God. He's still a polytheist, only giving Yahweh a supreme position among his gods. But notice still in 47, the king declared that the God of Daniel was the master of earthly kings, the Lord of kings, he says. Nebuchadnezzar declared Daniel's God was the absolute authority over every human ruler. The word Lord there has the sense of domineering control. The one who not only has the authority, but the power to act as a master or an owner. Nebuchadnezzar declared Daniel's God allowed the earthly kings to reign. So in other words, he recognizes he is really subject to a higher power than himself. His position was literally by the hand of Daniel's God. Recognizing all other earthly kings were reigning by the direction of the God of Daniel. Then the king declared that the God of Daniel was able to know the future. And a revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret, the dream. Nebuchadnezzar declared Daniel's God was able to make known to man what had not yet taken place the future secrets means hidden mysteries. God revealed to Daniel the interpretation of the king's dream. no one could do it He said it's unheard of that you could any man could demand this of people to you don't even tell us the dream? And he says, no, no, no. You tell me the dream and the interpretation. or You'll make something up. Nebuchadnezzar gave the reason for this statement. Since Daniel could reveal this secret. Daniel revealed this secret. Very specific. The dream, the interpretation. Revealing the king was the start of the time. Listen. Of the Gentiles. Head of gold. Israel had always reigned. Power. Now the Jews not reigning in the world. The time of the Gentile begins with the head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar. We know this by history. Revealing to the king the kingdoms that followed until God establishes his own eternal kingdom on the earth. Every one of them. History. Confirms them God revealed the future Empires Until his second coming Wow You remember Pharaoh witnessed Miracle after miracle Yet only Hardened his heart against God And the people of God Some people are just hard nuts to crack They just Won't bow And God doesn't force anybody to bow Everybody has a choice. So this is the testimony of the of Nebuchadnezzar about the God of Daniel after he received the dream and the interpretation. God is dealing with Nebuchadnezzar. He's not He doesn't he's not a believer at this point. By the way, he he came to know the Lord as we move through here. I expect to see Neb in heaven. Okay? Now I cannot help but to see a parallel between the man who just got elected to be our president and the vice president, who's a committed Christian, a godly man. I see a Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel connection. What will come about it? I don't know. Okay? I don't know what God's going to do. Listen, this is just a booster shot. This is just God's mercy. Jesus is still coming. The ship's... Still going down. <laughs> Alright? But this is just God's mercy. Please understand this. Secondly, go to chapter 3, verse 28 and 29. The um, rescuing of the three Hebrew youths comes next from the fiery furnace. We're all familiar with it. And in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar exalted. The God of the three young Jews who were cast into the fiery furnace. Now, keep in mind, he already has had one great bout with God. That is about the dream interpretation we just saw. He has this under his belt. Okay? To those much he's given, much more is required. All right? The king blessed the God of the three Hebrews here in 28, having witnessed with his own eyes their protection from the preservation through the fire. They're cast in there. He's he seen it with his own eyes. See, when Daniel came to him about the interpretation, he couldn't see anything. He's just taken it straight from Daniel. But even that was enough to cause him to bow. Now he's God gives him a visible sight for the, of evidence. The word blessed means to praise or to speak well of someone. By the way, the word is Barak. The same root as President Barack Obama. This once again was acknowledging the power and ability of the God of the Jews over his own as at the first. This again is not evidence of his conversion. But the king blessed the God of the three Hebrew young people, the men here, for having sent his angel to rescue them, verse 28 there. He sent his angel and delivered his servants. Angel is a messenger. Their abode is in heaven serving God. They are ministering spirits to the earth of salvation. Hebrews was 14 for you and I. The angel was the fourth person in the fire. They threw three into the furnace, and the king said, The fourth is like the Son of God, referring to the pagan God, not Jesus because he believes in different gods from his perspective it's another God from our perspective it's a Christophany an appearance of Jesus Christ commonly under the title of the angel of the Lord now the king blessed the God of the three Hebrew young men here for his faithfulness to their faith in their God who trusted in him, he says, the three trusted God to be faithful in not bowing to the image and worshiping it according to the edict of the king. On account, you don't bow, you burn. The three trusted in God to deliver them by the fire or through the fire. Wow. Not knowing which would be the one that God would take him through. They found out when they were cast into the midst of the fire, not before. But their commitment was already made before they were cast in. Young people, those of you who are single, you're still sexually pure. Your commitment to stay pure when you go out on a date is to commit yourself before you go out on that date that you're not having sex. Not when you're there. It's before you go. It's real simple. Now notice 28 still. Nebuchadnezzar exalted the God of the three young Jews committed to God. The king declared the three Hebrew young men refused to obey the decree even at the loss of their lives. They lived what they believed This is no hypothetical. This is real life, blood and guts. All we can do is read about it. But reading something and experiencing something is a whole different thing. They frustrated, it says, the king's words. It means to change or to alter. Wow. This is a confession by Nebuchadnezzar. They did this by not obeying the decree. This is how they altered the decree, even if they would have died. Because they wouldn't bow. They did this at the cost of having their bodies cast into the fire furnace, ready to be delivered from this world, yielding their bodies. Present your body a living sacrifice, right? Holy acceptance of God, Romans twelve one and 2 ready to see if God would deliver them out of the fire furnace. Now, we know what happens. He delivers them for them to stick around. But if He would let them die, they would have been really delivered. They were just partially and temporarily delivered. If God allows us to die, he delivers us completely. (laughs) Notice the king declared, the three Hebrew men had made clear the reason for their not bowing to the image. That they should not serve nor worship any God except their own. These servants of God would not serve or worship any other God but Yahweh. That decision is made before the difficult times come. That decision is made the minute you get up that day on what's going to happen the rest of the day. These servants would. Rather die than serve or worship any other God apart from Yahweh. I tell my grandchildren all the time. Grandpa's already made his reservations in heaven. I'm going to be looking for you. No matter what happens in this world. I will not be here to see you grow old. But never deny Jesus Christ. Because I want to see you in heaven. Pretty happy, man. Look at 29. Nebuchadnezzar commanded the prohibition of the defaming of God of the three Jews now in 29. The decree of prohibition was for the entire kingdom of Babylon. This is no little thing that's going on here. Something's going on. God's dealing with his heart. The authority is about Uh, is absolute. Therefore, I make a decree. Absolute power. Head of gold, right? No one can alter him. No one can say no. No one can say, but let's check. He's head of gold. Absolute authority. The reference to any people was to their ethnic groups that were captive in Babylon. The reference to any nation is to their nationality within the kingdom of Babylon. Many and the reference to language refers to the form of communication of their nationality. No one's excluded. The decree of prohibition was very specific. The measure of the prohibition was in total in speaking anything amiss. Look at it well. It means error, neglect, or abuse. If anybody said anything at all against the God of Daniel, they're done. Wow. He's not even a believer yet, (laughs) but he knows power because he has absolute power on earth, but he doesn't have authority beyond earth at this point. Wow. The decree of prohibition was joined by severe consequences. The person could be cut to pieces, shredded by the sword. The person would have their house made as an ash heap, burned to the ground. The punishment was according to his heartless, unrestrained authority. The decree had a very practical reason. The king declared there was no other God that could deliver like this taking men out of the fiery furnace. No one. The king recognized again the superiority of the God, of the Jews, over his gods. There will be some people that will um, witness for themselves the miraculous intervention of God on their behalf, and they will acknowledge it and even tell others but they will never come to God. And others will come through their witness, and yet they will not enter themselves. That's heavy. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is, is the opposite, but there are some like that. This is the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar about the God of Daniel after the rescuing of the three Hebrew children from the fire furnace. God gives evidence after evidence. He's always pushing to to open the eyes of man, to soften the heart of man. Now go to chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, and then we'll go down to 34 through 37. Um, the reestablishing of Nebuchadnezzar on his throne after God humbled him to live like an animal. God had to humble him. Okay, so now we're passing that. And in chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to make known the God of Daniel um, to his subjects now, after he has been restored. In verse 1, the most powerful person in, in the known world is the speaker, the king of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar means, may Nebo protect the crown. Nebo was one of the many deities worshipped by the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful king. It says, King of Kings in chapter 2 verse 37. Now, you know the King of Kings, there's only one more title like that. That's Jesus Christ when he comes back. Okay? God had given him the kingdom, power, strength, and glory in chapter 2 27 says, God had given it to him. You, you ever read the book of Revelation when the Antichrist is ruling and all things, and it, said it was given to him, it was given, it was given, it was given. Authority comes from heaven, ladies and gentlemen. I love what all the people are doing. They're trying to analyze, where the heck do we go wrong? How do we get this election wrong? Well, you exclude the God of heaven. His mercy. Absolutely superb mercy. He was the head of gold, the first empire, the time of the Gentiles. He had conquered Assyria, Egypt, Syria, Ammon, Moab, Edom, and many, many others. The greedy notices to all the subjects of his kingdom, to all peoples, countrymen. To all nations, those who had conquered and were subject to him. To all languages that dwell in all the earth, the vastness of his kingdom. The greeting was one of peace. Shalom. Good welfare, prosperity, and all around soundness of life to be multiplied in their lives. Much like the New Testament epistles. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Sometimes something here though had changed. With the king. Didn't sound like the same king. Didn't sound like the old Nebuchadnezzar. The one who ordered all the wise men and magicians and astrologers. To be executed for not revealing and interpreting the dream in chapter 2. The one who slew. Zedekiah's sons before his eyes at Riblah. And then put his eyes out. So that would be the last thing he saw and then took him captive to Babylon. Wow. The message was about what God had personally done for the king. Verse two. He considered this information important. I thought it good to declare the signs. Miracles as evidence of God's existence and wonders, the contemplation and response to the miracle. Science is the miraculous, wonders is the response. <laughs> the title is the most high, the highest God, the supreme ruler of the world, who had worked all this on his behalf. He knew he didn't deserve it. Because he had not been merciful. He had not been kind. And the God of heaven was being merciful and kind to him. Look at verse 3. The message regarded his power and kingdom. God's signs are great and his wonders are mighty. Remember he prepared the four youths in chapter 1 for the court. They look better than all the other ones. They didn't defile themselves with the king's meat, as Daniel proposed. In chapter 2, revealing to Daniel the dream of the interpretation of the time of the Gentiles. In chapter 3, rescuing the three from the fire furnace. He saw it all. These are the wonders. These are the mighty things. He's letting all of his subjects, all of his kingdom know. This is too, too important to, to keep quiet. Wow. God's kingdom is not like those on the earth, temporal. Notice its everlasting, unending there in verse 3. Its dominion, his sovereign authority, is from generation to generation. These are most likely documents recorded in the archives of Babylon. Kings kept archives. Later on, Belshazzar. Was recalled of the past history the witness of Nebuchadnezzar to have come to know God is clear what will follow is his testimony from verse 4 to 37 of this chapter now go down to 34 In 34 and 35 Nebuchadnezzar wanted to make known that God rules on the earth and as Sovereign control over the leaders of the world. In verse 34, the king's mind was new one with God by his own testimony, by the personal pronoun, I. Learning the eternal quality of God in his kingdom, I. After God humbled him and set him on his throne, he says, and at the end of the times, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my my understanding returned to me. He was very aware of what had taken place. He blessed, praised, and honored the Most High who lives forever. There, verse 34. He confirms God's authoritative eternal dominion and the existence of His kingdom in every generation again there. 35 the king learned personally that God rules heaven and earth all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing he does according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth no one can restrain his hand or say to him what have you done this is this is the most powerful king the one who rules the whole world at that time What wisdom there is when God knocks on your front door that you answer. The inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. The power and ability of humanity is insignificant to God. Isaiah 40 verse 15. I like it. The nations are as a drop in the bucket. You ever hear that term? And count it as the small dust of the balances. If you've been in a third world country, or I remember when I was small in Mexico City, we go to the market and and they have balances and they they take the dust off to show you how honest they are, you know, before they put the stuff on. That's what they're talking about, the, the dust off the scales. Very picturesque. Drop in the bucket. Small dust in the balances. Insignificant. He does not, ac- he does according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. God's authority is supreme in heaven and earth and his purposes and decrees go on. While never violating anybody's free will. That drive you crazy? Good. He's in control, you're not. But make sure you understand he never violates your will. How can that be? I don't know. We'll ask him when we get there. Because if God violates your will, then he's not giving you a free choice. And therefore, he's forcing you to do something that you are not giving your will to. And if it's evil that you do, then you have to say that he's making you do the evil. And that is absolutely absurd. It can't be. No one can restrain his hands or say to him, what do you? What have you done? You can't thwart the purpose of God. You can't stop him. You can't question him. You can't stop his activities. He is unquestionable because he is the epitome of holiness and perfection. Because whatever God does, he does good and perfect. There's a couple of things God cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot do evil. Simple. Nebuchadnezzar learn what God intended, but not by force. In other words, that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, 417. And seven times shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of man and give it to whoever he wills, Daniel 425, as he made him a an animal for seven seasons. Wow. Your kingdom should be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Daniel 4.26. Here's the evidence of it. He's giving his testimony to all. Now look at 36 and 37. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to make known That God return him to his throne. Okay? It wasn't because men feared him. It wasn't because he was so great. That God had been faithful to him when his reason returned to him. Verse 36 says, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor return to me. Acknowledging his nothingness. That's a good start. That God restores all his faithful leaders to him. My counselors and nobles restored to me. Those who oversaw his kingdom. Without trying to usurp his authority and kill him and just take it over. He acknowledges that was God's doing. And I'm sure Daniel had a part in this. Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel. They're like Twinkies. They go together. Wow. The God increased Nebuchadnezzar due to his submission to God. I was restored to my kingdom and the excellent majesty was added to me better than before. And that he, Nebuchadnezzar, worshiped the God of Daniel. Look at 37. The doxology is his personal testimony, the praise of God's holy perfection. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways justice. The king was a witness that God could humble anyone and warns all to not rebel. Listen to the words. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. men think themselves so powerful so arrogantly proud of their greatness did you see the picture that of the white house staff today my lord you think they died Daniel rebuked Belshazzar for ignoring the historical account of his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar's insanity in chapter 5, verse 22. You should have known. You should have believed. You took the vessels of God and now you're getting drunk in this orgy. And medo persias outside and you are mocking and thinking they can't come in. But God had already set the plan that we're going to come under the levee gates and deflect the river Euphrates. And without an arrow shot, they conquered Babylon. Wow. There will be others that God will have to deal very severely with, knowing they will open their hearts to Jesus and be saved. And it's very evident when that happens. Some of those people, you and I look at them and we say right now, that sucker's never gonna come to God. He's the farthest guy. They're the closest. And the person that's so nice and very polite and very receiving, and it seems that he's he's almost there. A thousand miles away. May never make it. This is the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar about the God of Daniel. After he humbled, he was humbled to live like an animal, and reestablished on his throne. Wow. Go to chapter six now, verse twenty-five to twenty-seven. The delivering of Daniel from the lions then comes next. Now it's Darius. Not Nebuchadnezzar. Darius, or Darius, whichever way you want to pronounce it, made a public national decree about the God of Daniel like Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 25 here of chapter 6. The um, author writing was King Darius. The shoulders of arm of silver and the image of Nebuchadnezzar are revealed by God, as we saw. Now, Darius... Received the kingdom, the night Belshazzar was slain, being 62 years old, in Daniel five thirty-one. Darius was the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, Daniel 9, 1 tells us. Darius was made king over the realm of the Chaldeas, again Daniel 9, 1 tells us. The author Darius here, or Darius, wrote to all the inhabitants again. The ethnic groups, all the peoples. He included every nationality, nations. They, many, the many foreign languages that dwell on the earth. All three are in the plural here. The regards was to all was of well-being. Once again, peace be multiplied. The sense of well-being in every area of life they are conquering. It's a lot easier to have people bow to you by submission so you work with them and you assimilate them than to have further on war. Like Nebuchadnezzar's witness here of chapter 4 verse 1. Now look at 26. has made a decree about the God of Daniel. The extent of the degree was in every dominion of his kingdom again. Verse 26. Those under his control, he called it my kingdom as co-regent. As you know. Medo-Persia. One horn bigger than the other. Okay? Chapter 2, you have the the, 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 the time of the Gentiles. As man sees them, great image, big, gold, and those look at the inferior quality. God, the way he sees them, is in chapter 7, as animals. Wow. So if you're looking at the earth thinking, oh, these guys are powerful, get up to heaven and look down. Animals. Wow. Wow. That decree was that all must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. He had just witnessed Daniel survive an entire night in the lion's den. He just witnessed Daniel's accusers torn to shreds and devoured by the very same lions that didn't touch Daniel. Before their bones hit the ground, they were all gone. Those are some hungry lions. He had been told by Daniel an angel of God had shut the mouth of all the lions. Whoa. One angel. All those lions. <laughs> the decree gave the reason why all were to tremble before the God of Daniel. The God of Daniel was unique. Listen to the words. For he is the living God opposed to the dead idols. The God of Daniel was consistently dependable and steadfast. Forever. The God of Daniel. Has a kingdom that is eternal. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. Every nation. Every kingdom. Comes and goes. The God of Daniel has absolute authority. And his dominion shall endure. To the end. So in verse 27. Darius made a decree that the God of Daniel was omnipotent, who delivered Daniel from the lion's den. These are, things are coming from pagans and kings. He delivers and rescues. And he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. The evidence of his power, he delivers and rescues. The vastness of his power and he works signs and wonders in heaven and earth. The particular incident who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. God has placed you and I as a believer. That the non-believer might see the power of God. And the greatness of God in our lives. That they may see God's love, his grace. And the things that he does. And he will open those doors for you and I to share with people. There will be many like Darius here. Who though they are not antagonistic towards Christians or the gospel. And witness miraculous things in the life of believers. They will never repent of their sins. Nice people. Enjoyable people. Funny people. Some people are just fun to be around. They're just funny people. They're just fun. But there's more to life than that. This is the testimony of Darius about the God of Daniel after he witnessed the deliverance of Daniel from the lion's den. Man, God demonstrated himself greatly through these empires. Now, do you think that God has manifested himself to the rulers of the world and things like this? Yes, I believe so. He gives them a chance. Let me finish by doing this. The common understanding in these four passages about the God of Daniel are important. Let me walk you through them. First, God is one who knows the future, revealing the time of the Gentiles to Nebuchadnezzar. The head of gold was Babylon, as you know. The arms and shoulders of silver, Medo-Persia's empire, a dual empire, Darius and Cyrus. The belly of brass, the Grecian empire, Alexander the Great. The leg of iron, Rome, two legs, east and west. The Ten Nation Confederacy comprised of iron and clay, which is an extension of the fourth, the revived Roman Empire, the kingdom of the Antichrist. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10 says, remember the former things of old; for I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Wow. Second, God is one who is in control of history. This is the way I want you to remember history. His hyphen story. He's in control of it. With perfect liberty of every individual, whether they want to align themselves with his history or not. Wow. Wow. The prophetic schedule of God has never been disrupted. Do you understand this? Don't, don't think that that night when everybody was wondering which way the election was going to go, that once they pronounced Trump as president, that God said, I didn't know he was going to get that. No king, emperor, dictator, or prime minister or president has ever posed a problem for God or done anything God did not know beforehand. No present world leader will go beyond what God disallows. By the same token, God will allow some to advance in their agendas to serve his own purposes. It's kind of neat being God. You're not worried about anything. Listen. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Proverbs 21.1 The prophetic time schedule of God is right on time. Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 to 35, the first four empires have been fulfilled in history, confirming their inferiority. Babylon, autocratic, the absolute rule of one man. Medo-Persia, oligarchical, ruled by few over many, like we had the last eight years. Greece, aristocratic ruled by nobility. Rome, imperialistic, ruled by military. The Ten Nation Confederacy is not a fifth empire because it comes out of the fourth, the revived Roman Empire. The metals all decline in value, all become harder and more brittle from the head of gold down. All the metals have a lower gravity, Gold has 19, silver has 11, bronze has 8.5, iron has 7.8, and clay has 1.9, inferior. The image is top-heavy, therefore it's weak at the feet. The stone cut out without hands strikes the image right at the feet, breaking it in pieces. And then the stone continues to grow. And it covers the whole earth. Daniel 2, 34 and 35. The kingdom of Jesus Christ. That, cut, that rock cut without hands is the virgin birth and born of Jesus Christ, Messiah. God is the one who has an eternal kingdom. The stone cut out without hands is theocratic rule by God. The kingdom of God is available to all who will believe the gospel of Jesus to be saved. The Jew came first in priority of the offer of the kingdom before the Gentiles, but now the nation has been rejected by Jesus, while individual Jews can be saved, Romans 1, 16 and 17. All are saved by grace through faith, through the new birth, just like anybody else, Jew or Gentile. The prayers of the Christians are to be in perspective of the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Matthew six ten. The pursuit of the Christian is to be the kingdom of God, not their denomination. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his rising, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33. The kingdom of God, it's its theocratic form, is being proclaimed by the church. And the Lord adds to the church daily, such should be saved. Acts 247 47. And he put all things under his feet and gave him a head, a to be head over all things of the church. The general assembly of the firstborn are registered in heaven, Ephesians 1.22, Hebrews 12.23. Listen to Peter, men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God, James speaking, at the first visit of the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name, the church. And while with this the words of the prophets agree, just. As it is written, after this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, Israel, which are fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Acts 15, 13 through 17. That's the kingdom age. He will deal with Israel once again in tribulation, great tribulation. We'll come back and set up the kingdom in the battle of Armageddon. Israel will rule and reign. We will reign with Christ. We are ruling with them a spiritual kingdom here literally on earth. Israel is looking for an earthly kingdom to fulfill all the promises and all the territory promised to them. There's a big difference. We're the bride, Israel's wife. Don't no mistaken them. The kingdom of God will be set up on the earth at the second coming then. The thousand year reign is just the first part of the eternal reign of God with the new heaven and the new earth after the white throne judgment. It's going to be a pretty ugly place around here. Once the church is removed, ladies and gentlemen, and you need to keep this in mind so that you pray, that you pray that God would use us to preach the gospel and see people come into the kingdom. Revelation chapter 6 to 19 gives us the whole scenario. In 19, we come back with Jesus to fight the battle of Armageddon. God is going to use 144,000 Jews to preach the gospel. Incredibly. Two witnesses, Revelation 11, signs and wonders. They'll kill them, they'll lay in the streets, the whole world will see them. They'll be celebrating, having a party on the third day. The Spirit of God will come into them and the whole world will see them go up to heaven. They'll know they didn't do a very good thing. An angel will preach the everlasting gospel to every nation, tongue, people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him for the hour of His judgment has come. And worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea, the spring, and the water. Revelation fourteen six through seven. Jesus will appear to establish the kingdom age on the earth. Revelation nineteen and chapter twenty. To save Israel, give them the new heart. Romans eleven twenty five through twenty six. Jeremiah thirty one thirty five through thirty seven. Ezekiel thirty seven eighteen through twenty five. To destroy the armies of the battle of Armageddon, the beast, the false prophet, as Second Thessalonians one seven through nine, Revelation nineteen fifteen through twenty one, and to judge the nations, Matthew twenty five thirty one through forty six, on how they dealt with the Jew during the tribulation period. When you did it to the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. The context of Matthew twenty four and twenty five is Jewish ground, not church ground. The thousand period year period is literal mentioned seven times in chapter 20 of Revelation from two to seven seven times don't spiritualize it. Pretty amazing. these are the common understandings in these four passages about the God of Daniel. The important thing is do you know the God of Daniel? Are you living for the God of Daniel? Are you pointing people to the God of Daniel? He's in control. He rules the heavens and the earth. These are the testimonies of the two kings about the God of Daniel. In the first six chapters. Which were the result of four miraculous events. The interpreting of the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, the rescuing of the three Hebrew youths from the fire furnace, the reestablishment of Nebuchadnezzar on his throne after God humbled him to live with the animals, the delivering of Daniel from the lion's den, and the common understanding in these four passages about God, the God of Daniel. Now, Be concerned about what's going on. But always remember that God's on the throne and that His kingdom is coming. Nothing has changed in heaven since the election. (laughs) We're right on schedule. We're moving forward. Jesus is coming. We are His bride. And we are to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Father, thank you for your grace, for your incredible mercy towards us. We pray, Lord, you would just prepare our hearts for the things you have. And, Lord, as you've given us this time of, of a booster shot, if you will, that we would take great advantage and to just honor you. We pray for protection, not only for ourselves, but for your church throughout the world. We pray protection for our president. We pray that your will would be done, Lord. As you're praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then God has brought you here to be saved, to repent of your sins. Maybe you are listening over the radio, the internet. Then God would say to you, repent from your sins. He would say, I died for you. I paid the price of your sin. I did for you what you could never do for yourself. And if you believe what I tell you, you can call upon me. I will forgive your sins and make you a child of God. And give you eternal life by grace through faith. But you're the only one that can do that. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And then you'll be the first to know the evidence of that as He begins to deal with your heart and transform your life. And then others will see transformation. This is your prayer of repentance if you want to accept Christ right now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for all my sins. Give me a brand new heart. Fill me with your spirit. I accept you. As my Savior and Lord. In Jesus name. Amen.